Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms in Sales podcast. I'm Amanda, and I'm joined by Lynn, and today we'll be discussing how to keep up your sales and workload while traveling. So, Lynn, you've told me that when you're on the road traveling for business, if you want to take care of your customers, the first thing you need to do is take care of yourself. Can you explain your thought process on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really believe that to deliver your peak performance, you have to take care of yourself. And, you know, I want to, full disclosure, most of my experience with business travel has been um, either with a car or on an airplane. So have not done a lot of business travel, um, like on the train, etc. But with that in mind, one of the things that I find it's really important because if you're traveling and then you're going to be going into a meeting, you need to be able to get your rest. And you have to sort of think about that because things always go wrong. (laughs) So when you consider your method of travel, so I've done, like many people, the type of thing where I fly somewhere and then I have to get a rental car and what can go wrong, you know, it does go wrong um, and you end up getting don't get a lot of sleep. I've had things happen where my luggage was lost and I've had to stay at the airport for an extra five hours because all my meeting materials were in my luggage. And uh, I was grateful that my, my, my luggage eventually showed up, but then I have to be ready for a very early morning meeting that I'm going to have to drive to. So you, you get very little sleep and um, all of us can do that once or twice you know, a few days in a row, even if we have to, but you have to plan to have some time in there where you can have a break, take a nap, um, do whatever makes you, um, allows you to relax and um, get some rest. You know, I definitely think about when I'm on a plane, uh, I have a call mix that I play for airplanes. I've never really been able to sleep on an airplane, but um, my call mix plays in the background, it sort of drowns out the other noise. It's something that relaxes me. And I'll find sometimes I can doze a little, so that really helps. So think about things like that. Um, when I'm in a car, obviously, I don't want to be sleeping. I want to be alert. Um, and I don't want to be distracted, especially when you're driving in an area that you're not familiar with. And even if you are very familiar with it, you just still don't want to be distracted. I uh, do a lot of audiobooks. So I find that an audiobook, especially if you're traveling in a kind of a distance, uh, whether it be 30 minutes or an hour, can um, relax me because it sort of takes me to a different world. And uh, I can also listen to business books as well. So it sort of keeps me in the mind frame. So I will do either or. It sort of depends on uh, what I'm doing. So if I'm driving to get to somewhere so that I'll have a meeting the next day, Often I'll listen to more of a pleasurable audiobook for the drive. If I'm going into a meeting, sometimes I'll play a specific business book. I have a, a bunch of different choices on my Audible app. That way I can, you know, sort of be thinking about the the conversation that I'm going to be having um, with the client. And I, I notice that I'll sort of tune out of the Audible and start thinking about the conversation I'm going to be having. So those are things that I find are very helpful um, with the air and uh car. Another thing is besides your rest and feeling relaxed and rejuvenated, you also need, it helps if you've eaten a balanced meal. So, and that can be really hard when you're traveling and you're on the run. 
Sometimes if you're on a plane, you don't have any time between gates other than to run to the next gate. If you're lucky, you can actually use the restroom before you have to do that so that you can get on the next the next flight, right? It can be uh, quite, uh, quite the race. Um, so one of the things I do is I plan ahead, whether, whether I'm in the car or I'm going to be in a plane. And certainly before I board a plane, once I get through all my security, I always buy a bottle of water. I always want to have some water available. Um, staying hydrated um, definitely makes you feel better. The same thing if you um, are uh, in the car, you know, same thing. You want to have your water. And I often will have some different healthy snacks. There's some great healthy snacks that are out there that you can eat easily without them gunking up your hands or getting yucky stuff all over your beautiful professional clothes, right? So there's a lot of choices out there these days to have that um, on hand so that you have at least some healthy snacks. Because if you have to eat, you know, like a burger and fries in a drive through on the run for lunch, then try to have a better, more balanced meal at dinner. So it's just sort of about the balance of the whole day. And having, making sure you don't miss a meal because that can give you a, a headache. It can make you feel really horrible and you don't want to do that. So keep, be really mindful of that. That's my advice. Um, and then the number one thing too is maybe it's not the number one. I don't know, but when you're traveling for, for work or even not, it, it can be really stressful. You know, you miss a connecting flight, your flight's delayed, you've got horrible traffic, you're being rerouted in a detour that you've never seen or before and you're going to be late. Um, all of those things can really affect your equilibrium. And I, I think that's one reason like the whole stay calm <laughs> thing is so popular, whether it's on T-shirts, bumper stickers, hats, you know. But if you can remember that it could always be worse, all right, put yourself in that. Look for the positive. Find the positive, you know. And I mean, I was once in Denver and our flight was delayed uh, the plane ended up having, it finally got in, had mechanical problems. I mean, it was delayed just forever. I mean, it was like a seven or eight hour. It was unbelievable. There was no other plane they could put us on. We're just trapped there. Um, everything in the, the airport basically shut down unless you left security and went out to the main area. But it was like, you still have to look for the positive. And if anyone's ever been to Denver, it has you can walk and walk and walk. And I did this little walking circuit. It, you know, gave me, you know, some energy. It made me feel a little better. I smiled, you know, and I was just like, it's a beautiful airport, you know, relatively speaking. And it was just something that you can, you know, look for the positive. That's going to lift your spirits, going to make you feel better. It's going to give you a better frame of mind so that you can, you know, just work through, um, all of the kinds of travel challenges you have. And I know, Amanda, you have done um, a certain amount of car travel, certainly um, for business. And, and of course, you are a war, uh, warrior for uh, air travel, <laughs> flying all over the world <laughs> to different continents. So what are your thoughts? Well, um, I haven't traveled by plane very much for business, but you're right. I have traveled a lot by car and also by train. Um, for a previous sales job I had, I was on the road almost every single week. 
Um, and actually, you mentioned two of the things I was going to talk about, Lynn. Um, first and foremost, I I will admit I am a bit of an a bit of an introvert. So being out and traveling all day and talking to people, for me, it, it can just be particularly draining and tiring. And so that was something I had to get used to was um, making sure I found a way to keep my energy up because I would just be so exhausted at the end of each day. So you have to make sure you you leave time to unwind and maybe read a book, get some food, and make sure you get enough sleep. And I can't stress it enough. You have to get enough sleep in order to in order to keep yourself well and performing well. And the other thing you also mentioned, Lynn, was eating. So another thing is when I'm super busy, I, I like when I'm traveling for business, when I'm super busy, I just forget to eat or I don't have time to eat. And I, I decide to put it off until I finish whatever I'm working on and then hours go by and I still haven't had a meal. And so I had to learn how to schedule in meals and stick to that schedule to keep myself nourished. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's important. It's amazing. I, I never thought I was the kind of person to forget food, but when I had that job, I realized that fairly when I'm busy enough, I just, it doesn't cross my mind. So it's easy to, to forget basic things when you're not in your usual space. It kind of messes with your routine so you don't do things the way you normally are used to doing things. And even things as basic as food and sleep, they're important, but you just forget them. So as long as you make sure that your basic needs are met, you'll be better able to focus on your work and perform well at your job. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's not that you forget, you just keep putting it off. I I'm terrible yeah. about that. I'll just do this one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Then I'll go down and uh, to the in the hotel to get dinner downstairs. One more thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. An endless cycle. Yes, it is. Well, so let's move on to the next question. So to maximize your travel time and work efficiently, you also need to manage and organize your schedule. So what are your recommendations for preparing and planning for business travel? Well, you know, I, I actually think we did a really good job with this uh, and we covered this on our webinars for conferences because there's a lot of similarities. I mean, usually when you're traveling to a conference or a trade show or an event, it, it is for work. Um, so I think there's a lot of great tips there. So I'm not going to delve into all those, but I am going to once again, you know, point out a few things that you might not have thought about. And if you are traveling by air, look up the concourse map. <laughs> it's all at your finger trips these days. And consider what type of gate changes you may have to deal with and um, and manage while you're there. So, you know, I've, I, I've flown in and out of O'Hara, I don't know how many times, but I was taking an international flight connecting through O'Hara. I'd never done that before. It's always been domestic. I had no idea that I had to leave security, leave the concourse, and go to a completely different area um, to catch an international flight. Um, by the time I got there, they were, they were calling my my name to get on the plane, or you know they were about to close the gates. I mean, and it was like a dead heat run when I finally figured out where the heck I was supposed to go. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. so I, I mean, cool. and there are several of. I mean, Dallas is just like, oh my gosh. And I always, it's like, get to the gate, get to the, where you're going, because it can be way further and take way longer than you ever anticipate. It can take like an hour to change, get from one concourse to another. And you really need to, especially if you have to go 
exit and then go back through security. So be very mindful of that. Um, and that doesn't matter if you're doing an international flight or just something else. Sometimes it's just the way the airports have been configured and grown over the years. It can be downright weird. So um, definitely think about that when you travel for air. Um, same thing with a car. Even if it's an area I'm really familiar with, I do review the maps online at Google. And often that's not, that's all I need, but I look at it so I can orient myself, sort of figure out the route. I zoom in and zoom out. Um, and then of course, you know, you've got your, you know, I've used the app on my phone so that I can, you know, pretty much drive right there. But once again, if you're really familiar with the area, I'll go, yeah, I'm going to go this route. I know it's, you know, it's a better route that type of thing and it's recalculating, right? But I, I always like to, to familiarize myself because the other thing is that a year, two years go by and all of a sudden the area looks dramatically different or it can. So that's a good idea. And certainly if you've never been there before, taking a look at that and familiarizing yourself with the area, where you're going, um, if it's on a longer trip, I often will make sure that I've really identified where all the different places are that I can stop so that I can get uh, gas, I can get, uh, I'm, I'm a big coffee fan, so we all know that. Uh, <laughs> is there a Starbucks on my route? And I don't wanna be trying to use my phone while I'm on the road. So I sort of have the planned out, like where are the different like rest areas or national parks or things like that. and and. Really, they, they have interpretive centers, they have uh, Wi-Fi there. It's a great place to take a walk, to rejuvenate, um, to get a snack, and to uh, check in on what's going on at work because uh, you can get your Wi-Fi out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and uh, you know catch up on work. So those are really some of the most important things I can think of when you're traveling um, you know, by car, air, train, whatever, just definitely familiarize yourself with uh, how you're going to be getting around and make sure you allow for plenty of time. Because the same thing, if you're flying somewhere and then you're getting a rental car, it can actually take far longer than you ever anticipated to get that car. Some places it's really flat fast and other places you could be looking at an hour before you're in your rental. So um, just plan on that um, It's include that into your, uh, you're planning so because it's going to de-stress you. It's going to take away some of that stress where you so you're doing some self-care. Uh, Amanda, what are your tips for planning and preparing? Well, I definitely agree about making sure you have enough time to get from point A to point B and how much time it takes to do certain things. Um, I was also going to mention the rental car because with my previous job, I would take the train down and I'd have to get a rental car afterwards. And sometimes that can take a while. And so especially if you're arriving on the same day where you have meetings with people, um, you'll want to make sure that you have enough time to leave the, the airport or the train station or wherever you might be. You want to make sure you have enough time to leave there, get to your hotel, get your rental car if you need one, um, get some food if you, if you need to uh, get some lunch or something, and make sure you still have enough time to get to, get to your meeting on time as well. And you always want to plan a little bit more time than you think it's actually going to take, just in case things take longer than anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because yeah. I mean, if you get to your meeting early, you can do emails and stuff once you're parked. So, mm -hmm. and and once again, you're just taking some of that stress out. You're able to get yourself in your mindset focused on, on the task at hand. So always important. Yeah, absolutely. 
Another thing that um, I've found to be beneficial is when you're making your travel arrangements and deciding on what hotel you're going to stay in and where you're going to pick up a rental car, you want to make sure that all of these um, all of these things are pretty close together um, or they're pretty close to where you're going to be doing most of your business while you're while you're in town. Um, it's a lot more convenient when things are close by or or like on the way from point A to point B. So if you're leaving your hotel and you have to drop off your rental car on the way to the to the train station, you might want to make sure that where you're dropping it off is closer to the train station rather than farther away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and always, always use the, you know, Google Maps has that the ability to look at it at a specific day and time. So mm -hmm. always make sure that because if you're checking out and planning your schedule and your route, um, you know, like in the evening or after hours or really early in the morning or in the middle of the day, it's not necessarily going to have anything to do with traffic. It's taken me literally an hour to, to go around a couple blocks in downtown Seattle. I, and I kid you not at rush hour. So, oh, absolutely. So, traffic um, can make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah and, and being aware of that. And so I use that feature a lot. I also save a lot of those things. I create a note folder on my iPhone and I put all, you know, cause I can sync it from my computer. I can create the note file. I can put all my links in there, all my confirmation numbers. So when I have a trip, I've got it right there at my fingertips and I can click on the link, go to the map, you know, put the map in. I don't have to keystroke anything. So there's a lot of, um, and I know there's some great travel apps and planning apps out there as well when you do a lot of uh, travel like this from point A to point B to point C to point D and all back again, right? Mm -hmm. And Great that's another thing. Speaking of point A, B, C, D, et cetera, um, <laughs> with my previous job, I, um, I had a position where I had to go to multiple locations in a single day. And so that's another thing I had to learn how to plan for is how to plan where I'm going to go and in what order and at what time I'll be there. So that's another thing to consider. On the one hand, you might want to think about where they are geographically and what the most logical order is based on where they are physically. But another thing to consider is if you have appointments with, with certain people or you know certain people will be available at certain times, you'll want to plan according to their schedules as well. So it, it's a little bit of both ge geographical and chronological what's going to work for you in terms of getting from from right. point A to point B to point C. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think my final point that I wanted to mention was just make getting the most out of your travel time while you're traveling. So you already mentioned that you're a little bit yourself, Lynn, like when you're on the train or on the plane, you can get a lot of work done while you're traveling. Um, catch up on emails, catch up on some paperwork you need to do. Maybe when you're driving, it's, you can't do as much, but it's good to to maximize that travel time while you're getting from from your home base to to the destination city. Yeah, and I think there's two rules of thumb for that. So first of all, I think that there's not a whole lot you can do from the car without being really distracted. And I do know that there's many people who do um, involved, you know, sort of business calls, you know, from their car and that's great, but that it is distracting. You're, you're a distracted driver and you're also distracted in the conversation. And if it's, whether it's an internal mm -hmm. or external client, that's something to be mindful of. Um, the other thing is you've got your hands on the wheel. You can't be taking notes. 
So, right. Um, and uh, I always, that's one reason, you know, like I definitely plan my routes for where I can pull over um, and return calls so that um, I'm, I'm in park. I've got my hands free. I can focus on the conversation and take notes. But when you're, when I travel, um, I don't necessarily work on the plane or a train. The few times I've taken a train um, or in the airport, often what I do is I sort of restructure that time as more of my the, the me time, the time to relax. I'll read a book, I'll listen to music, I'll watch a movie. And then instead of the time that I would normally spend in the evening relaxing, I will do the work there when I'm in a, I get set up in my hotel. Um, I get room service for my dinner. So I don't, I'm, so it's right there. I can eat while I, you know, and I work, I power work in that way. And everyone has to find something that fits well for them. The, the danger is, of course, you don't want to be working way into the night and then not getting your straight sleep. Right. But right. Um, some, I, I mean, I am not, um, uh, an advocate for either way. It's what works best for you. And I, I do work on planes and I've done that many times as well, but often, um, you know, it's, I, uh, I, uh, I just, I sort of have a balance and I often don't work as much as on a plane, like, you know, like a little robot. Um, like you see some people doing, not that that's not a, a good thing. <laughs> right. Whatever works for <laughs> yeah. Whatever rocks right. your boat. Right. <laughs> yeah, I admit, I mean, I I tend not to work very much on planes or trains either. Usually, it just makes me kind of sleepy, and I just do my own thing, read a book or something. Yeah. So, when you're traveling and you're pressed for time, how do you effectively manage your sales and your clients? How do you prioritize and work with your team to make sure critical tasks are accomplished? You know, this it all depends on the sales and the type of sales that you're doing and the type of framework within your organization, of course. But one thing is when I was um, starting in sales, I, I rarely would tell someone I was going to be on the road or unavailable. I did not use an out of office that way because I didn't want them to then pick up the phone and call somebody else because they'd see like an out of office email and they'd go, oh, great, now I have to find somebody else to do this because I don't know when I'll hear back. Um, so that's one thing to be mindful of. And even to this day, I rarely use it. The way that we're so connected, it's not necessary. Um, obviously, if you're traveling on holiday for personal time, it, that's really quite different. Um, but even then, when I was first starting out, uh, it was so important for me personally to develop those uh, relationships with my clients uh, that uh, I did not take advantage of that. And instead, what I've always done is that, you know, I plan these windows of time of when I'm going to be able to respond to them. And so if you're traveling by car and if you are going a longer distance, you, you know when you're going to be able to stop somewhere, have access to Wi-Fi so that you can respond uh, to emails, to phone calls. And uh, I've always set up like Wi-Fi calling on my phone so that even if there doesn't seem to be cell service, I can still make a Wi-Fi phone call. So there's a lot of different things that you can do um, as long as you, you know, plan for that. Um, and of course today, you know, on, uh, trains have had it for a long time. Planes have the uh, 
Wi-Fi now. The airports, most of the airports have great Wi-Fi. So there's a lot of options there. Same thing when you get to a location, if you get there early, you can either work from your car or go ahead and check in at the front and let them know that you're there early and that you're just going to sit in the lobby and work for a few minutes and then you're going to check back in with them when it's closer to your appointment time so that they can let your client know that you've arrived. And those are all things that can help you manage um, prior getting through the contacts, the phone calls and emails that have come in. The other thing is to prioritize that. You have a, a, a quick response, responding to a client that you've received their information and you're on top of it. That doesn't mean that you have to give them an in-depth answer. Often that's all they need. They just need to know that you saw it and you've acknowledged it and they've got peace of mind. They feel like you've got it under control and you can address it that evening. Um, or you prioritize things that do need to be addressed immediately. So you're gonna skim, you know, your you know, emails, uh, listen to your voicemails. Nowadays with the transcription, you can sort of skim what the voicemails are about so you can choose which ones you have time to listen to. And one thing that I found for myself over the years that was really helpful is I always had a buddy at work. So I had someone that I developed a relationship with in sales, another salesperson, and we would watch each other's back. So when I was out of the office, uh, she would look at my desk, make sure nothing had been placed on my desk. You know, people still use faxes, uh, snail mail, um, Internally, some organizations are still very paperwork driven, so proposals um, or other types of internal paperwork that is important to your uh, uh, project that's ongoing could be placed on your physical desk. Um, and they not, may not be aware that you're out for most of the day because you're making a, um, a sales call in a, an area that's a little bit further out. So that was always really helpful for me. And um, and then what was very, it was reciprocal. So we watched each other's back and uh, helped each other out. And having that kind of an uh, office buddy uh, can really help. So that those are my, and, and it, it's dependent on the situation. Because I mean, think Amanda, you had mentioned, you did not have the luxury of having an office buddy. Oh no, I, I worked from a home office and um, the position I was in was a very individual type of position and there are other people within um, the region that I worked but we were all essentially solo solo workers um, and we were all on the road a lot and so we had to like our, our, our entire job was to was to organize our schedules in a way that it would, it would work while we're on the road no matter where we are right right and and I've been in those um, executive roles also where I was telecommuting and um, my peers were as well and I hear what you're saying but I, I still always was able to connect with people during at different times when we would meet and create uh, good relationships build good relationships mm -hmm. so that even if it was something that um, it I might be able to forward an email so someone could just call in and, and find out what was going on for me while I was driving and not available and sort of then get back to me with a more in-depth explanation about what was happening. Um, so even though we were virtual, um, it was really helpful. And I could also reach out to them if I had a ticklish situation and I was curious, as, I just wanted to talk it out. What's the best way to handle this? So that I found that really useful. But so to your point though, not every sales position is going to 
uh, foster that. And it may be something that over time you can develop though, even if you're all virtual. Yeah, absolutely. And on a related note, speaking of connections, uh, with business travel, it's important to maintain your client connections too. When clients can see that you're continuously attentive and responsive, that strengthens your relationship. So how have you managed client relationships while traveling? Well, and I do consider clients both internal and external. And with all my client relationships, I think responding to someone promptly is always important to acknowledge that you've received their information. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to send an email back within, an, within a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But certainly within an hour or two hours, and, and there are times where that's not um, an option. But in most cases, uh, you can respond to someone within an hour or two hours. Once again, you can skim the content and acknowledging that you've received it and that you're on top of it and you'll take care of it um, is what they, they need to hear. And that is really does create this bond of trust and and of course you have to follow up and take care of it even if you don't do it right at that minute because you're going to learn which things you can put off and take care of when you do get settled into the hotel that night and get taken care of or things that are such that you can just simply forward them to an appropriate internal team member to help manage um, and so those are all things that um that are important and I do find that if it's something that's more complex or uh, there might be a little bit of conflict I will wait until I can really have a quiet moment or at least put my headphones on so I can focus on it and devote um, some attention to responding uh, to the email so that it's not uh, and, and always being aware that my tone is not curt or short, uh, abrupt, and um, make sure that you take care of it in a way that conveys your concern, uh, your attention, your dedication uh, to resolving it. So there are times where you really, you do, you need to stop and say, okay, I'm going to focus my attention on this. I'm going to find a place that I can, you know, eliminate the distractions around me, which can be really hard to do. I mean, if you're going through security at an airport, you just got to wait through until you get all the way through that and find a spot to sit down and take care of it. And I usually try to, like I said, get to the gate so that I'm at the gate so I don't have to be concerned about being at the gate and then um, really devote your attention to something that's come up. So I find that's very important and very helpful for myself. And then as I've built relationships over the years, you know, people are going to respect when you have they, that if there's a project that's ongoing um, and you are expecting some critical thing or, or, or materials to come in, aspects of the project, you can let them know that you will have it to them by the end of the day so that they're not necessarily expecting it in the middle of the day while you'll be traveling. And you can certainly let them know when you will be traveling all day and so that there'll be a delayed response. Let's say you have to, you know, travel, you know, from clear across the country and uh, there's going to be uh, times when you're really not available. Although today, um, you know, <laughs> that's, that's few and far between, but still that I think that that's, you just sort of learn when is the best time to disclose it. But I've always felt that there's, 
not to overshare. I don't overshare information like that with my clients because I don't want them thinking, well, she's not going to be available. So I got to find somebody else who can take care of this really hot project. So um, everyone's going to find their own path. But for women, especially, we do have a tendency to overshare about these things. And so um, I would recommend not doing that and instead um, just being timely and responding so that they you acknowledge that you've received a communication from them whether it's internal or external client and then uh, prioritize when you're going to manage it and then when you if it is something that's you know potentially a little bit uh, more volatile um, block out your distractions so that you can respond to it appropriately mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all good advice. And, it, and it's so easy to stay connected nowadays. You know, you can check your phone in your email anywhere you are. You know, granted that there's Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. So, and, and that's a whole other topic about being too connected. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's We've discussed that before, I think, in another <laughs> podcast or webinar. It never grows old. So, and I nope, hope this was never. helpful. I hope this was helpful to think about uh, when you're on the road and traveling for business. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I definitely learned a lot from you. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up a wonderful discussion. And to anyone listening, what helps you stay on top of your sales and workload, even when you're on the road? Chime off in the comment section. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your stories. And we want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite de Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com.